الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذا بتلى إبراهيم ربه بكلمات فأتمهن سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون أسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم There's a principle in the psychology of healing uh, from calamity, from tragedy and that is that if you perceive that you are going through a difficulty alone it's much difficult much more difficult to recover from it but if you perceive that you are one of several people that are going through a difficulty then it's easier to recover from it and it's partly common sense that if if i think that i'm being selected or uh, singled out to undergo some sort of trial or tribulation or tragedy uh, then I begin to question a lot of things. But if I know that it's not just me, it's others as well, then it's just easier to recover from. Last In the last gathering, we discussed at length how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, He tests every single believer. And we know this from the Quran when Allah ta'ala says, that do you think that you'll just be left alone when you make the statement of amanna that we believe and that you won't be trialed and tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that if you believe in Allah and the community of believers is very large right present day over a billion if you believe then you're going to be tested it's not just the community of believers today in 2019 that are going to be tested. We've tested the people before you as well. So don't think that you yourself are alone. Don't think that your community or the Ummah of the Prophet at this present time is alone. Recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tested people from the beginning of time and He will continue to test people until the end of time. And in that appreciation comes solace and opportunity for healing. Now, this doesn't just apply to common believers. We know from hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tests the closest of believers to him, and those are the prophets. In fact, we mentioned last time that the prophets are the most tested. Right? The prophets are the most tested. And especially in these days, leading up to the days of Hajj, we think about the test that Ibrahim had faced. Tests. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, again, keeping in mind that, look, you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're not alone. No matter what difficulty you're going to, recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing everyone. And when you can appreciate that, then it makes it easier to handle. And when you can appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even tests those that whom, he, whom He loves the most, it makes it even easier to handle. Because a sign of Allah ta'ala's caring and concern for you is that He's going to test you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the prophets. There's no doubt about that. So by Allah ta'ala choosing to in particular, test the prophets. It shows that Allah Ta'ala really tests those whom He cares about. So Ibrahim السلام, is no exception. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Ibrahima Rabbuhu When we tested Ibrahim السلام, 
when his Lord tested him, meaning the tests that Ibrahim faced, those were from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bikarimatin, from uh, tests of words. Now, the ulama, they, they explain what is meant by bikarimatin, what, what is it words. But basically, the conclusion is that there were, there were an X number of tests that Ibrahim faced, anywhere between 10 and 40, maybe more, that Ibrahim faced, and he passed every single one of those tests. فَأَتَمَّهُنْ And he completed it. Meaning he completed it. Right? What was the test? It started off when he was a child. Right? And he had to face this test of his community disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how he's going to approach that. That was a major test for him. Then eventually when he was verbal, when he vocalized his, uh, his opinions on the matter, what happened was that they launched him into, into a fire. Now, this is a young Ibrahim. And then a major test comes now when he has a child, Ismail alayhi salam. And now he, Hajar alayhi salam, and Ismail alayhi salam, they're being told to move to the area of Syria. Reluctantly, has to move. Then it's told, okay, now that you've settled here, now we're going to move to a different place. So Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail, and his wife Hajar, now they begin to travel through the desert of Arabia. And on the way, Ibrahim alayhi salam is thinking, where am I going to settle? I'm going to have a, have a growing family, right? Young child, just, you know, very young infant. How, and he sees these areas where there's like these plush gardens, right? And like seems like it'd be inhabitable land. And he's asking Jibreel alayhi salam, can I settle here? Right? And then Ibrahim alayhi salam says, not yet. This isn't where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to settle. Meaning your test is, you'll see what your test is. Right? And then he continues on, he sees another garden, like an area that's you know, inhabitable, you know, vegetation, water. He, can we stop here? He said, no, you're not stopping here, let's keep going. And eventually what? He, land, he lands in a barren desert, right? Which isn't even amenable to any sort of life. Right? There's nothing, there's no water there, there's no lake, there's no, there's no vegetation. It's a barren land, it's a valley that's desolate, it's barren, it's Mecca. And he's dropped off over there, and Ibrahim is saying, this is where we're going to be. Right? This is where we're going to be. And then not only, not only is that a test, then he's told that now you have to leave your family here. It's one thing to be with your family in a very difficult place, right? Sometimes you have to settle in a neighborhood that you don't want to settle in, in an area you don't want to settle in. You know, I was just talking uh, to someone who's uh, working with me in the hospital, and, you know, because of just reasons that, you know, very detailed reasons, he had to live in some very tough neighborhoods. Just because to reach a certain practice uh, of medicine, he had, to, he had to have an experience here, an experience here, and they were very rough neighborhoods. Right? And, and I imagine, like, how in the world could you possibly live over there and then be there for two or three years? Now imagine if you, your family is with you, so if you have to take your family there, um, you know, that's one thing. Like, man, I'm, I'm going to leave my family somewhere where it's comfortable. Now you take your family and, and keep them with you in this rough neighborhood or in this rough area of town. Now on top of that, now you're saying, okay, now I'm actually going to leave you, my wife and my young infant child, in this space. I mean, imagine how much of a test that is. <laughs> it would be very difficult to handle. Now, Ibrahim is commanded to leave, you know, this, this place as well. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim not because of something Ibrahim did that was wrong. His test was because he wanted to prepare, he wanted to give Ibrahim the status of Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. And in order to achieve such a high rank with Allah ta'ala, you have to undergo difficulty. You have to undergo tribulation. It can't be that life is easy and you can achieve this high maqam before Allah. This is not the way Allah Ta'ala has designed this world. He will test the believers. And He will test them to see if He can elevate them in their rank. And the effect of the test, the Ibrahim, or the tests, right? Bikalimatin, right? Kalimat, multiple. The tests that Ibrahim alayhi faced, he eventually achieved the status of Khalilullah. 
the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, if you look at the linguistics uh, of this ayah, it's so interesting. What is a khadid of Allah? Someone who's so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to put Ibrahim's name before Rabbuhu. Right? If you look at the Arabic, if, for those of you that know a little bit of Arabic, idhibatala is a fa'il, it's a verb, right? And uh, after the fa'il usually comes a fa'il, the doer, right? So it could have been, وَإِذِبْتَلَى رَبُّهُ Ibrahima That his Lord tested Ibrahim. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reversed the order and he put Ibrahim before Rabbuhu, which is the maf'ul bihi, the maf'ul is coming before the fa'il. That doesn't happen often. I mean, that's, that's um, grammatically, that's not, that's just not the way things are written. But to show, the scholars say, to, the Mufassirin say that to show the maqam of Ibrahim salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put his name before. That Ibrahim salam's Lord tested him. But he put the word Ibrahim before. This is how close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ibrahim salam was. So even the prophets are tested. Even the closest to Allah are tested. And in fact, they're tested more than anyone else. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to send tests down upon us, we first think that, look, we're not alone. I'm not alone. Even the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are tested. If the closest to Allah ta'ala are tested, who am I? I mean, I'm far from that. I'm far from anything. I'm, I'm, I'm far from anything that resembles a prophet. Now, Allah ta'ala mentions in the Quran the different types of tests that believers face as well, right? It's, again, to show um, that tests come in multiple forms and they come to everyone. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran in a different place, or later on in the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا نَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا نَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ Most certainly we will test you. Now it's very interesting. If you look to the Qur'an, in so many places Allah ta'ala talks about difficulties coming down on the believers. So many places, as if it has to be affirmed and reaffirmed and reaffirmed. Really, it's sufficient that Allah Ta'ala says it once, right? And then that's it. وَلَقَدْ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Or وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ You're going to be tested. Do you think you're not going to be tested? And then that's it. But repeatedly in the Qur'an, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala highlights that the believers are to be tested. People in general are to be tested, but the believers in particular are to be tested time and time again to, to remind this um, heedless human being that like, stop fretting. This is expected. This is expected. And it's not just you. So most certainly, this takes the, this takes the, uh, the, the verb form of emphasis, right? Emphasis is made here. That we will most certainly test whom? Kum, all of you. No one from the Ummah of the Prophet, no one from the believers is to be spared from this. Again, reiterating this point, you're not, you're not going to be, uh, you are not going to be, um, you can't claim belief without being tested in Allah. You will be tested. You will be tested with khawf. You'll be tested with fear. With the emotion and the feelings and the physiologic response of fear, you will be tested. Or threat. Or worry. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will most certainly be tested from fear and threat. Threat to your family, right? Someone's threatening your family or your family feels threatened. This, this is part of being tested. And your health, being, you know, some, some unknown illness comes upon you or comes upon someone you love. This happens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, in control. 
You'll be tested in fear. Now remember, we talked about it last time, that all every believer is tested. Everyone's test is different. For some people it's X, for some people it's Y, for some people it's Z, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights what are the different types of tests, and it's a very encompassing ayah. You'll be tested out of fear. And many of us have been tested in that way, right? مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ And um, you'll be tested with hunger. You'll be tested with hunger. How much of the Ummah, the Prophet today, is tested with hunger? Internationally, locally, domestically. How much is tested by hunger? Maybe some of us have experienced that as well. We expect to have a certain amount of money so that we can bring food on the table for our families. It just doesn't happen. Even hunger, the test of hunger is extreme. Right? And it really, it makes a person do crazy things. It makes a person steal. It makes a person, you know, take away life. This is the extremity of the threat of hunger when a person has it to themselves or to their family. Right? This is the extremity of a test. And you'll be tested by a reduction in your wealth, in your goods. Right? This is a very common test today. You think you're going to land the job that you dreamed of, doesn't happen. You have a major investment, it crashes. Your st- the stock price drops. You lose half your savings. Unexpected. This is a test. This is a test. Your, uh, you lose your job. Right? Now you have, a sustain- you have an income that's been coming every single month and hits you hard. Now you're like, whoa. What just happened? From Allah. You won't be spared. Maybe your test is health. Maybe it's fear. But it's one of these categories you will be tested. You'll be tested with a reduction, a naqs of your anfus, of, of life. You'll lose someone that's very close to you. And that hurts. And it's difficult to heal from it. It's difficult to experience it. A child. Imagine losing a child. Imagine losing a parent. Imagine losing a sibling. Imagine losing a close friend. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So through these various tests, minathamarat, right, through fruits or through your harvest or what you've earned, right, your income. Maybe you expected a certain amount of salary for year 2019. You look at your taxes and you're like, wow, I lost a lot. This is a tough year, right? So there are many different faces of tests. But indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test you and He will test all of you and none of you will be spared from these tests. None of us will be spared from these tests. But it's in appreciating that Allah ta'ala is telling us that all of us will face tests, that we find some sort of solace in that. That, and that it's not me. It looks like it's me. It looks like it's just me. And I'm the one going through difficulty. And I'm the one that's experiencing fear. And naqsum min al-amwal. And anfus. And I've lost this. And I've lost that. It's always me. It's always me. Allah's picking on me. But that's not the case. Everyone experiences it. And it's in different shapes and different forms. And we have to appreciate that. And if we appreciate that, that's the first step in healing. That look, it's not me. Allah Ta'ala's choose, Allah Ta'ala tests everyone. Then it might look, the grass might look greener on the other side. That person's life may look better than mine. But deep down inside, that person's hurting as well. Some difficulty, some calamity, some tribulation is affecting them as well. Always looks greener on the other side. Now, Allah Ta'ala finishes this ayah, Glad tidings be to those who are patient. It's very interesting, right? Okay. 
Once a person appreciates that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending tests, and then a person appreciates that the tests are for everybody, so they find solace in that. It's not, it's not just me. Maybe right now, today, it's just me, but tomorrow it'll be someone else, and the day after it'll be someone else, and last year it was a different person. Once a person appreciates that, Right? And then a person appreciates that these tests are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then a person appreciates that even the prophets were tested. You would think that, okay, well, that's sufficient, right? Like, you know, that's sufficient for me never to have to complain. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciating that human beings are weak. And when a person undergoes difficulty and tribulation and trial and tragedy, that it actually hurts. And there's emotions associated with it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledges it and says, look, it's tough. You know, it's tough. There are going to be rough times in your life. So exhibit patience. Exhibit patience. It, it, Allah Ta'ala didn't have to do that. It could have been sufficient that, look, the test is coming from me. I test all believers. I test prophets. Why is it that you have to... Uh, you, that in and of itself is sufficient. You shouldn't ever have to... Uh, you, there should be no reason to ever complain. There shouldn't be no reason to ever feel sorry about this or to ever have sorrow in your heart or to cry over this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that, look, human beings are weak. And when you undergo difficulty, yes, there's going to be some tears shed. And there's going to be some emotions expressed and, and felt. And there's going to be some, some psychological hurt. It's okay. But just exhibit patience during this time, in the ma'al usri yusra, that with every difficulty will come some ease. With every difficulty will come some ease. وَبَشِّرَ الصَّابِرِينَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةً what should a person do when a difficulty befalls them? What should a person do when a difficulty befalls them? Meaning, who are those people who really exhibit patience? Right? Who are the people that truly exhibit patience? Those people who, that when a difficulty afflicts them, when a difficulty afflicts them, they say, when a difficulty afflicts them, they make this statement that verily uh, we are from Allah or we are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two components, right? One is that, look, ultimately we're Allah's anyway. We're his servants. He created us. He brought us into this world. Really, he can do whatever he wants with us. If he wants to afflict us with difficulty for 75 years of our life, continuous, he can do that. He wouldn't. He won't do that because he says that with difficulty comes ease. So there's always going to be periods of qabl and bas where you're constricted and when you're expanded. There's going to be that time. That's just Allah's mercy. But Allah Ta'ala ultimately created us. And he's, he is able to do, he's able to do, and he has the right to do whatever he chooses with us. If he wants to afflict us with continuous difficulty, he absolutely has the right to do so. So a person finds solace in it and says, Inna lillahi, verily we are Allah. We are, we are Allah's. We are, the, we are the creation of Allah. We are the servants of Allah. Ultimately, we came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person finds solace in that. And ultimately, I'm to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So there's three components. Let's take this a step back. We started by saying that in the psychology of healing, in order for a person to be able to heal from difficulty and tragedy and tribulation, number one is that when they know that other people are experiencing that as well, and it's not just them, that is an important component of healing, recognizing that I'm not being singled out. But we, and, but that applies to the greater community, not just for the believing community, right? When even a group of non-believers experience difficulty, when they know that other people are experiencing it, it's, that's just a psychology of healing. But we have two added benefits. We have the added benefit of appreciating 
the, the second benefit, we have the added benefit of appreciating that, that we are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He has the right to test us. And then the third, and then the th and that tests are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third is that ultimately this life is just temporary anyway. And whatever tests we experience in this world are passing regardless. And so we're eventually going to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then our real life will actually begin. This is just a facade. This is just a mirage. Right? So Allah Ta'ala says, so when a person says, Inna lillahi, number one, you feel solace immediately that I am from Allah. I am Allah Ta'ala's creation. I am His servant. I was created because of Allah. And if, if Allah Ta'ala chooses to do as He pleases, no big deal. I am Allah's anyway. Right? I mean, I, I have no right to be here, meaning here today, or be here present in existence altogether. Number one, وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ And then the second statement that I'm going to make is that eventually I'm turning, returning back to Allah Ta'ala anyway. So whatever difficulty I experience in this world, it's just temporary anyway. It's just temporary. You know, it might feel like, it might feel like uh, an eternity, but it's not. Time goes by very quickly. You know, if a person, if you look back at a person who's, if, I don't know, look back at your own life. If you've ever experienced a major tribulation, what I mean by major tribulation is that it took you months or maybe years to recover from it, right? And, and in the heat of it, it's, it, it really affected you. It, it, it flipped you upside down where you were like, wow, you know, like this is, is this even possible? If you ever had that sort of an experience in your life, then fast forward 10 or 15 years and you look back and say, wow, that was a tough time. But you know what? It, it, it somehow went by. Somehow I got over it. You know, somehow it's, you know, why did that happen? Because time is passing and eventually we'll turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on the day of judgment, we won't even recall the difficulties in this world. We won't even recall the difficulties in this world because this world is that fleeting. And that day, on the day of judgment, when we're standing before Allah ta'ala, right? And we're nervous and we're shaking. We aren't thinking about, I went through X and I lost this person in my life and I, you know, I had a job and this happened to me and this happened to my child and my health and my parents and, you know, the com we're not thinking about that on the Day of Judgment. That, that point, we're only thinking, wow, I'm about to meet my Lord. Oh, 75 years of difficulty wiped away in just a moment's thought that I'm about to meet my Lord. So a, a believer finds, finds solace in that as well. Right, that I'm about to meet my Lord. I mean, I'm not going to remember anything that happened here anyway. And then, if eventually I'm to, when we say Rajiun, meaning we're turning back to Allah Taala, when I know in my mind that if I continue to just believe in Allah, then Allah Taala has a garden of uh, of happiness for all of eternity for me. Then what's difficulty in this world? If I'm going to live in happiness and eternal bliss, right? What from the moment Rajiun, from the moment I return back to Allah onward forever, I'm going to experience happiness. And I'm going to never be tried and trusted, tested ever again. Isn't that sufficient for me to, 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 to feel comfort in this world? Isn't that sufficient for me to be able to heal from any difficulty in this world? Right? And so it's amazing. The, the, the believers, we have one, we have this note. We know that Allah Ta'ala is testing not just us, but all of us. That's number, principle number one. And that allows for a person to recover from tragedy and difficulty. But then you have principle number two. That look, all tragedy and difficulty is from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala anyway. This is, uh, his, this, this is His world and I am His. Inna lillah, I am from Him. And then the third. وَإِنَّا that Ultimately, I'm going to return back to Allah Ta'ala anyway. We have that added benefit of knowing that this world is just transient. And that anything I experience in this world, whether it be positive or whether it be negative, all of that will be forgotten. The memories of it will be forgotten. The difficulties will be forgotten. The emotions, the embarrassment, all of that will be forgotten anyway when I'm standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, 
inshallah, when that returning, that raji'un, when that, when that ruju', when it actually occurs and I've now returned back to Allah, happiness upon happiness upon happiness. How could I, I won't even remember difficulty. I won't even remember that I experienced difficulty. So we have that third benefit. Which, and th this is the quality of a person who is patient. They appreciate all of these things. They appreciate that they're not alone and Allah tests everyone. They appreciate that they are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ultimately anyway. And they appreciate that this world is just a mirage. I mean, all the craziness that happens in this world, that's for this world. This isn't going to carry over into the hereafter. All the nonsense that occurs in this world, this is just for here. This is a dunya full of fitan and trials and difficulties and confusion and chaos. But this isn't, this isn't to carry forward. This is limited here. So we find solace as believers that Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has kept us as believers because if I wasn't believing in Allah and my aqidah wasn't such that tests are from Allah and that tests are for all believers and that ultimately I'm going to return back to Allah, then it just makes healing from tragedy and from difficulty so much harder. So we are fortunate, we are the most fortunate people in this dunya because we have this belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have this Qur'an that tells us exactly what a trial and a tribulation and difficulty is. So inshallah we'll continue this next time because there's so much more to, to speak on this. We've already gone, uh, we've already, we've already um, uh, discussed this for a while. Um, the, this, the next component is to understand that the test is from Allah and Allah alone. And when a person can really internalize that, and we'll discuss this next time, inshallah, when a person can really internalize it, then simply the, the name of Allah Ta'ala brings contentment into their heart. So may Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to appreciate, uh, appreciate the tests of Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam and how he was able to achieve such a high state as a result of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to bear through any difficulty and tribulation that we're experiencing uh, with, with, with patience. And may Allah ta'ala make us from amongst those who regularly recite inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un when any difficulty befalls us or befalls our community or befalls our families uh, or befalls um, uh, any of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi